Hello, everybody. It is great to be here one more time today. And my name is Gary Fowler, and I'm the CEO, President, and Founder of GSD Get You Done Venture Studios, a premier AI and quantum venture studio located in the heart of Silicon Valley. I'm a 17-time serial entrepreneur with several unicorns under the belt. I was on the original management team at Click Software, which was sold to Salesforce for $1.35 billion, and also the co-founder of Eva.ai, an AI company that dealt in remote workforce management. We believe that intellectual capacity is evenly spread around the world, but opportunities are not. Today, I have an incredible guest from uh, TV to uh, glam and go to prosper at work. I mean, all kinds of different things. Uh, so Erica Wazer is transforming how companies manage, engage, and connect their frontline employees in one easy-to-use mobile app. Businesses use Prosper to boost employee engagement, satisfaction, and productivity while reducing costs, compliance, risks, and liabilities. She's got incredible customers like Skincare, Heyday Skincare, Duncan, Centerplate, 1-800-GOT-JUNK. We got to talk about that and many more. So with that, I'd like to bring Erica on board. Hi, Erica. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? So I have a question for you. How was it to meet Liza Minnelli? <laughs> okay, it was somewhat surreal. And I really, I, I'm the biggest weirdo Broadway fan. And so I've met a lot of really cool people in my day. There's only two people I've ever truly been starstruck by. The first was uh, Bloomberg when he was the mayor, because I thought he was a great mayor of New York. The second was Liza Minnelli. And so I show up at this party, and it's like a private party of like 30 people. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Liza. And my, you know, my mom, who I was with, was like, okay, and? And I was like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. Like, that's Liza Minnelli. And so she's like, all right, well, then go ask for a photo if you want a photo. I go, and I'm so nervous. And I ask her this photo, and she's so gracious. And someone takes this photo. And Gary, I'm telling you, I don't think I've ever looked worse in a photo in my entire life. Right? So I get this photo of me and Liza Minnelli that is truly one of, I, I look like something was genetically wrong. <laughs> and I go, I can't. You look great. I saw the picture. No, look. Oh, no, no, no. You saw the third picture. Oh, I see. Okay. That's right. So now I'm like free. Now I'm very upset because I met this person that I idolize and I can't use this photo. And so I had to basically stalk Liza Nelly around this woman's apartment <laughs> until I could find a time to ask her for a second photo. And she, how was she to deal with? <laughs> she was very funny. So we take the second one and she goes, well, let's check this one. And so she looks at the second photo. And we go, okay, well, maybe we need three photos. Because she didn't like the second photo. And then after the third, she's holding my hand. She just looks at me. She goes, enough already. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, you know, you had your experience. So how do you go from that? So you went to Boston University, Erica, right? What did yep. you study in Boston? I studied broadcast journalism. So how did you go from that? So how did you go from that? You did the uh, host of Spaces TV, yep. right? And what, how did you get to that? Where did it come up one day? Oh, I'm going to host this, uh, this show and it's going to be interesting. W what happened? So I was performing, I was doing stand up at a college and I was at Gotham comedy club and the vice president of programming for the digital broadcasting group was in the audience. Liked some of my material found me on Facebook, the old school way. 
and said, hey, we'd like to work with you. Um, and at that time, Google had just bought YouTube and they were trying to flood the uh, producer marketplace with uh, money to put television quality content on the web. It was really like the birth of digital in many respects, not just in the home and design vertical, but in all verticals. And the vertical that the digital broadcasting group ended up winning the bid for was home and design. And so Bradley Warner and I, who was then the VP of DGB, um, sat down over tacos and margaritas on 47th Street and sat there for an entire day until we had a full idea for what this channel was going to be and what the program lineup was going to be and who was on YouTube and what kinds of shows and content could make it in that platform. And so together we came up with shows like I Live With My Mom, because at that time, it was 2011, a lot of kids were coming home from college, moving back into their childhood bedrooms that still looked like their childhood bedrooms. So we found, right? So that was a show where we would go and renovate kids' 13-year-old bedrooms for their 23-year-old selves. Um, Your Place is a Deal Breaker, where two people are moving in together for the first time and really navigating relationships through the lens of home and design. Um, Can I Come In, which they then ultimately took with me to HGTV Digital and started hosting there. Um, And so it was really more just a uh, a very lucky moment and uh, um, actually a really a terrible joke that he liked. Well, that's, you know, so how did it feel? Now, did it make you famous? Did people walk down the street and say, oh, I know you, I want to get your autograph? No. No? (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm pretty sure the only autographs people want from me are to sign checks. Ah, I see. Okay. So uh, then you became, were you a stand-up comedian before you did that or after you did that? Before. So I started doing stand-up my senior year of college. And what made you decide to do that? Childhood trauma. Yeah, driving trouble because of, <laughs> I'm mostly kidding. I was um, listening to what you were saying. It was quite interesting. I saw the one show where you're talking about uh, the guy that you went to the high school prom with. You know, you didn't get invited to a wedding for uh, last year, right? It was interesting. It, yeah, it, it was a joke about gay marriage, and gay marriage had just been legalized at the time when I wrote this joke, and you know, uh, a running joke amongst my friends and family is that. Uh, you know, if there's a gay man within 500 yards, I'll find him. (laughs) Or he'll find me, one of the two. You said you went to the prom with the guy, right? Yeah, so the joke was essentially, uh, you know, gay marriage had been passed for the better part of six months, and I was perturbed because I had not been invited to a single one gay marriage. And I took you all to prom. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, I love that. And (laughs) When you're going down through and doing it, how do you come up with the material when you're developing something like that? Where does the material come from? Does it come from your own experiences or do it come through observations or how do you develop it? I mean, you have to write what you know, right? Like there's just no other way to write comedy and be good at it, right? If it's, just, if it's not true, um, it tends not to be that funny. You have to feel it when you do it, when you write it. You have to feel it. Well, the thing about stand-up, which what people don't realize, is that you end up telling the same joke hundreds of times, right? In different orders and in different donations and with different little words until you get it right or retire it. But, like, if you don't like the joke, you know, it will come out of your act pretty quickly because you'll just get so sick and tired of saying it. 
Um, you know, and then obviously there's some things that have a, a shorter shelf life that are more topical, but like, you know, I think the idea of like a five to 15 minute set is to sort of put in a capsule, like who you are in that moment of time. And so it's gotta be true. So what did you want to do when you started it? Did you have the idea you wanted to be, uh, have your own show in Vegas or what was your dream? I mean, I would still love my own show in Vegas. Apparently Adele's making like 2 million a night. And did you want it? Did you want to do that? Is that what you, from the heart? Is that what you want? Mary, I'm not dead yet. I still can. There you go. And so do you do stand up now? I do. So less, you know, I, I started my first uh, startup right when I had also really started to succeed in comedy. And so I did like the live showcase and the MTV showcase and that kind of stuff. It was fun. And, um, I thought of this business idea that had grown out of my experience in green rooms, um, getting my hair done mm-hmm. and thought, wow, wouldn't it be great to have people who did your hair at the gym? Because, you know, wouldn't it? And overnight it just really sucked all the air out of the room. And so then my focus went more towards developing business skills that I didn't necessarily have, um, at the time. Um, and that business scaled nationally and learning the ins and outs of operating businesses and people management challenges are really the underbelly of what um, was sort of the supporting thesis of why a business like Prosper needed to exist. So one thing for me has always kind of like led to the next. So I like to think that like, I'll just keep pulling the threads of life and see where that takes me. And so do you like the adventure? Yeah. And so if you, so what's the most important thing about the adventure to stay on track, to be like that? What is the most important? Keep your eyes open and pay attention and don't be afraid to change, right? Like doing a new thing or pivoting isn't failure. It's growth. Yeah. Pivoting isn't failure. It's growth. And what makes you happy? You know, as a comedian, what makes you happy? Um, I have a really great dog. I have really great friends and family. Um, Rosé. <laughs> You're at the pool. Uh, you know, what's funny is I, I've been displaced from my home today uh, because we, I, I just moved to California and I moved to a house that was built in 1928. And it turns out that there is no carbon monoxide alarm and the stove has been emitting carbon dioxide or carbon monoxide. I guess like things are staying hot even when it's off. So I had to move out of my house um, last night. And so now I'm in a hotel, which is why we're in this situation. Um, I've got to tell you, I've had one time Lorenzo Di Medici forgot that he had to do this and it was on a yacht. And so he went, that's going up and down. And I'm like, I mean, we're at the Beverly Hills Hotel. It doesn't suck. No, no, but that's great. I've went. been there a few times. That's great. <laughs> that so yeah, so I, I got kicked out. And then I'm checking out today, which apparently I thought would be after two, but it's not. It's now where we are. And so you got kicked out because of carbon monoxide. So yes. what, what makes you happy? What's the most important thing in life? <sighs> Enjoying it. How do you enjoy life? 
Um, I think the the most honest answer that I can give is like staying in competition with only yourself. And do you make yourself happy? I do. That's good. Well, you seem to have a good attitude. That's for sure. You know, like, I don't know. If you're on Instagram, right, or you're on social media, honestly, what it looks like, at least to me, is that everybody else is living like your best version of your life but you. And so if you get too sucked into the immediate access of at least what other people are trying to show you about their lives, I think it can become very... You can become very quick to like think you're not doing well. Um, and then you kind of have to realize like actually that so doesn't matter because you wake up alone, you unfortunately will probably pass alone and like you have to figure out and navigate that journey in between. No, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> I just had, before this, I had some hot sauce. <laughs> going to get a kick. I had some hot sauce. I got it on my finger. I made the stupidest thing. I wiped my eyes and I got hot sauce in my eye. And it is freaking. I did that once with like a wasabi pee. I feel your pain. Crazy, actually. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I'm crying listening to this. I'm like excited. (laughs) No, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. So Um, you're going down through it. You've gone down through. You've done amazing things. You know, you, you've changed your life, you've redirected. So as you're going down through this journey and you've come up to prosper, what, so first of all, what, what happened with Glam and Go? You know, did you sell it or did you just, is it, what happened to it? You know, it was truly the world's most expensive sale of all time. I think I'm the only person that can sell a business and lose money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you're not the only one, I'm sure, right? But I did. Um, you know, what happened was sort of twofold. One is that COVID really decimated that business. We were a hairstyling service inside of gyms and hotels. So not only were we an affected industry inside of, you know, affected cities like DC and New York, LA, Miami, that had very um, strict governmental regulations at that time, with the exception of Miami, um, as to what you could do. Uh we were inside of businesses that didn't open until six to eight months after everything else had opened. And so it kind of was a proposition of, are you willing to start this over? Mm-hmm. Right. Because that was actually what one would have had to do. And so I kind of just had to have a very um, honest moment with myself and say, no, that my, you know, my heart wasn't in it. And my head wasn't in it. And I was ready to go do something else. Um, then that's good that you came up to that conclusion. Because some people don't do it. And they end up letting it take them down mentally. Yeah. right? And the key is you got to pivot. Life's about pivoting and looking for the uh, possibilities and the beauty of life. You know, looking and being happy with yourself. You're right. You know, you go in this world. Yeah. And you're, you're not the first one that I've ever uh, heard say that. And I feel the same, but you got to be happy with yourself. You got to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I am who I am. And I enjoy if you enjoy being with yourself and and give yourself some challenges, have some fun, do crazy stuff, you know, enjoy it. And by the way, then other people, the, the you know, attraction, other people come around because they say you being happy and they want to partake. Yeah. 
You know, I was very lucky that we had a couple of really strong store leaders and regional leaders where those Flamingo salons were. And I was able to gift them, essentially, the respective businesses in their cities. Oh, that's fantastic. Not recognizing how much money it was going to cost me to gift these things. But once it came out of my mouth, I had to live by it because that's how you have to live. And, um, you know, so they still exist. They still go on. Um, Those people are incredible who have built salon businesses that they're so passionate about. And they love that wouldn't have happened otherwise. It just was a moment where, like, I had to really be honest and say that, that that wasn't my life's work and I needed to go and figure out what was next for me. And now what was that journey like going from that to finding the next opportunity? Um, I really thought about what I wanted to do next. And there were pieces of the Glamingo business that I really did not enjoy. Right. I said, I, I knew that I didn't want to do another service business that interacted with customers day in, day out in that capacity and a certain way in that way. Um, I knew that the next business that I wanted to be a part of was not going to be as human heavy on the front line because just the challenges of that were really sometimes debilitating because you're working so hard to do the right thing by people and it's usually somewhat thankless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. It is thankless, Uh, but you know, you're a comedian too. And you had to yeah. deal with people all the time. How was it going from being a comedian to having to deal with people in this serious kind of way? Did you did bring well, the comedy into it or not? No, I mean, listen, being a comedian, you're there for, you know, 15 minutes and someone's paying two drinks to see you and there's security if they get out of line. As an employer, you know, it's a completely different ballgame. Um, and, you know, without, without getting political like you know different states had different rules and some of them I agreed with and some of them I thought were insane and it's not so right like you know I think there's this um notion that you know employers should be the end-all be-all and do everything right all of the time and I and I think most try to right and I most certainly did um but especially in some of the states that we were operating in, it didn't exactly, the different restrictions that were starting to come down the line between, you know, wage issues and some of the other ones. And and I, you know, I want everyone to have the best life that they can. It just started to become too um, restrictive to operate a business. And I was just like, you know, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like this. No, that's good. Uh, you know, you came to the, you, you know, you're not that old to come to the conclusion. And that's the way it is, right? You go down through. So you came up with Prosper at Work. Uh, and what, how did that happen? What is that one day you just woke up and said, oh, I've got to do this. Now I know what I'm going to do next. Or what was it? No. Uh, I have an incredible partner at Prosper. Uh, named Eric, who's not only one of my best friends, but is truly the most brilliant developer of all time. And, um, you know, he and I were both in a similar place where he had exited a startup. He had helped me a little bit at Glam and Go. I decided that I was ready to move on. And we really thought about, you know, why did we, right? Like, why am I at a point where, like, I'm actually so ready to quit a business that I put so much love and heart and money and time into 
And we thought, well, if we could make some of those challenges of running operating businesses better, if we could make it easier for employees to succeed, if we could make it easier for employers to stay compliant, if we could actually, if we could have waved a magic wand and not had some of the challenges that we had, you know, might we still have loved parts of that business? Might I have still loved parts of that business? Um, and those were problems that we thought were big enough and interesting enough to try to solve. No, that's great. And and so how is it now? You've been in business since 2019, right? You, yeah. Four years. How is business? So we got our first customer in November of 2019. And we thought, oh, my God, this is amazing. We have a product. We have a thing. Like in Q1 of 2020, like we're going to hit this thing hard. Um, and in <laughs> we kind of got put on pause for a little while because we are, you know, uh, you know, while a service like Prosperous, frankly, probably would have scaled significantly during the pandemic as such a young business, we weren't able to, we weren't mature enough or able to like really take any of that upswing. And so in 21, we started to scale for real and started actually being able to sell. And our product went from more of an MVP to something that was really somewhat more robust, um, which is all thanks to Eric. And then we were able to raise a seed round in August of 21 from incredible investors who have we're so proud to have those partners today. Um, you know, and now we're still, you know how it goes that like slow, steady tranche that first million dollars, uh, that we are very close to turning the corner on from an ARR perspective. Um, you know, and hopefully the rumors are true that one to three happens fast and three to five is faster and five to 10 is faster than that. But like, whew, the first million is, you know, it's been uh, a slog. But in an well, incredible way. It always is, though, right? Rarely do you have a situation. And if it was easy, Eric, everybody would do it. Uh, everybody would do it. It's My true. partner took a company from zero to uh, uh, they raised $300 million in, in that company called Stacks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he recently exited over a billion-dollar valuation. So, Amazing. But everybody goes down through it. I mean, I've seen companies that have started out. I remember... Uh, you know, the beginning of Broad Vision, that company started out and people said, it's never going to work. You know, nobody's going to buy stuff online. This is back yeah. in 1997. E-commerce, uh, you know, is not going to happen. Amazon's just for books. And, you know, lo and behold, our lives fundamentally changed. And these yeah. shifts take place. And you got to be, if you, as long as you feel it in your heart and soul, that it's going to happen, you got to focus on it. You know, other people, until, you know, it's like funny, until it becomes real, they doubt whether it's going to be real. But once it becomes real, they say, oh, I told you so. I told you that would happen. It's crazy, actually. So my dad has a saying, which is that success has many fathers and failure has one. Yeah, there you go. That's you right. Know? And so. Uh, That's exactly are... right. Fathers and mothers and everybody yeah. else. <laughs> totally. You know, and so we're just putting one foot in front of the other. And like we're learning things all of the time, which is, I think, has been the most exciting part of this journey. And like. I think the big lesson for me is that you're never too old to be learning, you know, and challenging yourself and continuing to expand your mind and how you think um, and the things that you can accomplish. And so having that opportunity to keep growing and expanding, it's just such a gift. And to be able to be the manifester of that destiny is is another gift, right? Because, um, you know, it's,
Hello? Hi. I lost you for a second, Erica. You, you went, you oh, my God. I said something really brilliant, Gary. I, said really? It was, I, I told you the secret to life. Oh, my God. It was like I was waiting, and it was like this. You had your chin up in the air. I'm thinking, like, hello? <laughs> okay, I, found, I found the fountain of youth, but I can't repeat yeah. where it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> you missed it. I was like, yeah, so, you know, you go down through it, though. You're right. And you believe in your dreams, and they come true. You know, a lot of yeah. it's manifesting it for yourself. And I've seen it myself in all kinds of different ways. If you believe in enough, it does manifest. And But you got to focus on it. And I did a TED Talk a few years ago, and I talked about that. you got to visualize where you want to go. And you got to yeah. believe in your heart and soul that you can do it. And, you know, if you – I used to not tell people about it. I used to just go down through and do it because if you – if you told them, they would say, oh, I don't think, you know, I wouldn't try that. Uh, yeah. You shouldn't do that. Uh, it's never going to work. And well, after yeah. the fact, right, just like your father said, right, there's uh, one person that's at fault and the other people sharing their success. But the other thing is, it's kind of great to rejoice in this success. Once you do it, they start coming around. Yeah. The other thing is, once you have some success, other people want to be part of whatever you do. They want to be part of it. So they come in and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They become your greatest cheerleaders because they want to. They feel that they can partake in the next success. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. A hundred percent, you know. And like I am a firm believer that life is essentially momentum and perseverance, whichever one comes first. That's right. You're right. Momentum, to perseverance, and tenacity, and believing in those dreams. I mean, you've done incredible things. You moved. Why did you decide to go to California? By the way. So, I mean, it's going to be the lamest answer of all time, but a very cute boy. Oh, there you go. Well, that's great. That's <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work out, but now I'm in California anyway. That's great. So, and that makes you happy, right? It's good to be out there. And the weather's not too bad either this time of year. Exactly. Super. So, listen, we're coming up to the top of the show. Uh, closing thoughts. And what would you say to other uh, female entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general, uh, what would be your closing thoughts to them and uh, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you know, do what you want unapologetically so long as you can truly be unapologetic about it. Do what you want unapologetically so you can be... So long as you can actually be unapologetic about it. Right? I see. Okay. Don't, don't just act with reckless abandon, but like, you know, follow your... Trust yourself follow your gut um, and live in such a way where like you're firm in what you think and why you think it. That's right. Uh, you, you believe in your dreams. They come true. Yeah. You now, know? Um, and you can find me on Instagram at world of Wasser. World of Wasser Instagram. So remember world of Wasser, you know, Erica's got a lot of insights. She's done incredible things. If you go out and look, there's a lot of videos out there and you will see some of her comedy shows too. They're quite yeah. interesting. Now, I appreciate it, Erica. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today. It's really appreciated. And congratulations on the new relationship you have. That's great. Uh, and congratulations on being in California because the weather is a lot nicer. Okay, now you got it. Now you have to come visit. Absolutely. I'm going out to California as soon <laughs> well, as I come from your I mean, don't come to my house. There's carbon monoxide everywhere. But <laughs> I'll be close. <laughs> I'll meet you at the pool. Perfect. All right. Thank you. And to my audience out there, thank you for joining one more time. 
GST presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech, and my name is Gary Fowler, and I'm your host. Stay happy, stay safe, and stay healthy. Get back to you soon. I'll talk to you again shortly. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.